Support for Serious Business comes from Salesforce. Salesforce helps small businesses like yours discover how you can grow faster than ever before by managing your sales, marketing, and customer service all in one place, small businesses can succeed at every step. To see how Salesforce could work for you, go to salesforce.com slash smallbiz. We are about to introduce a new segment brought to you by Salesforce uh, called Serious Business, in which for the next several months, we will be having periodic debates about issues important to your business that are related to the presidential campaign, but actually a lot of the issues that never really get discussed in the formal debate. The topic for this week is resolved. Business should strive to promote social good, not just to maximize profit. Taking the pro position is Inc. Executive Editor Chris Friswick. Thanks, Jim. And the con position, uh, the other Inc. Executive Editor, John Fine. Hello, Jim. Uh, we did a coin flip before this segment, and Chris won and has chosen to start. So, Chris, you got one minute. Thank you. Businesses have long demonstrated that when operating under the sole mandate to maximize profits, they are incapable of operating without causing damage. Maximizing shareholder value is premised on the exploitation of human and natural resources to the point of extinction. The short-term focus of investors and owners who are incentivized for short-term gains reinforces this approach. It leaves damages far past the immediate generation that causes them, and it leaves them for future generations to clean up both figuratively and literally. Today, some businesses have adopted a more long-term perspective and are embracing a dual purpose of making profits and doing social good. Some have chosen specific missions. Others are merely taking a more holistic view of the concept of value. And while we're still in early stages, there are already promising signs that we've reached a point in our social development where the idea that what can make socially conscious choices is not necessarily the death knell for shareholder value. Okay. John? You know, uh, at Inc., we hear much about social good. Um, charismatic entrepreneurs like Blake Mykoski, whose company Tom's gives away a pair of shoes for each one it sells, was uh, on the cover of the May issue of Inc., Everyone loves these companies, right? Tom's, Ben & Jerry as well, at least before they sold to the giant multinational Unilever. It's hard to swat a bunny, but, well, give me the baseball bat. I don't want to get in league with Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary, but what he said to Inc. previously is undeniable and really resonates. Starting a business is hard. Starting a business in a competitive field is very hard. Starting one where you bake into the model that you're going to either give away profit or even your attention span to pay attention to things that are not directly related to your business makes it much harder. You know, let me stipulate a few things. Number one, the successful social good companies succeed because their products and services are actually good, not because they're tenderhearted. And two, well, I'll get to two later. You know, um, you know, the, the purpose of a business is to create a lasting enterprise that provides the rock of steady employment to the people it employs so that they can build families and lives and to create serious profits so that the enterprise lives and serves its shareholders and its customers. Chris, what do you make of that point that anything besides profit is simply a distraction? It's going to take away from the the ability of the business to do what the business needs to do. I think that's shorthand for anything goes. And I think that that's uh, really how we got into the situation we're in currently. I think that what we're finding increasingly is that it's no longer an either-or proposition frequently. As we have found uh, in reporting stories for Inc. Magazine, often the socially conscious choice is also the most valued generating choice. For instance, taking your company off the electrical grid is a really great way to reduce your commodities risk. 
risk and to make sure that you are in the event of some kind of horrible emergency, you're not beholding to a, a large infrastructure. Uh, there's also plenty of evidence that shows that paying employees a living wage actually improves productivity over and above the additional costs that are involved in paying that wage. And so when you look at the totality of what we're talking about here, what you've got is a situation where you've got companies who have historically only made decisions based on what the, the short-term impact to the bottom line is going to be. And what's happening now is we've got companies that are looking at this in a much more holistic way saying, wait a minute, the short-term return isn't the only factor that we need to be factoring into this idea of stakeholder value. We need to look at in addition, the longer-term impacts, because as we've seen repeatedly with companies that make poor short-term decisions like polluting rivers, those things tend to come back and bite you in the in the stakeholder butt. Doesn't it follow necessarily that if you have investors and you're spending all this money on doing something that's not necessarily generating profits, you're essentially taking away from the, the very people who've made the business possible? Uh, that would be true if you put a finite time limit on it. I think, again, as I said, there's a very strong argument to be made that by expanding your time horizon and your investment return expectations, you find that value inures to companies that make good long-term plans, which often are the result of good social consciousness. John, what do you make of this point that traditionally profit-focused enterprises have uh, have given us things like, uh, you know, terrible pollution, um, uh, unmotivated workers, that 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 the, 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 the profit structure is too narrow to take into consideration all the things that really make a business effective? Well, you know, bad behavior is bad behavior. Um, I'm, I'm not making the case that it's okay to, you know, polluted rivers. Um, you know, bad corporate actors should be punished, and they should be punished severely. But, you know, there, there's a great gulf between that and, you know, deciding that, you know, we're going to give away our products because, you know, that's a thing to do. I mean, Tom's, which is a very successful company, number one, they're nowhere near as big as other footwear companies like Geox, which also, which makes ugly, but, you know, comfortable shoes, apparently. And, you know, number two, their growth slowed. I mean, you know, Blake Mykoski basically told Inc. that, you know, they had to pull back from some of their plans to give more because they had to get their house in order. You know, their, their growth plateaued doing what they're doing. That, that suggests to me that there's a, a limit on how much you can get out of social good. You know, it's interesting to look at um, Whole Foods, which is a social good grocery company. Kroger is seven times as big. And I think that Kroger does a much better job in feeding people than Whole Foods does because more people can afford it. And what do you both make of the idea that having a social mission opens up um, just a huge market in terms of millennials, young young customers interested in, in giving back um, and interested in putting their money into a social cause? I'd, li- I'd like to hop on that one. The, the, the idea that millennials are this one monolithic thing that does one thing is complete horseshit. And I think we all understand that, frankly. Um, you know, they, they said the same thing about Generation X and the baby boomers, but both of which have proven to be just as craven and unpleasant as all of the generations. And more to the point, you know, multifarious. Um, people can say this kind of thing, but it's interesting to look how they vote with their pocketbooks. You know, millennials are going to be subject to budget limitations like everybody else. You know, in a perfect world, all this would work. We'd be able to have these social good companies that do all this lovely things and planning. But in reality, you've got to keep a business going. You've got to sell goods at a price that enough people can afford them to keep it going. And, you know, it's a nice thing to have. I'm saying it's unaffordable. And worse, it's a distraction. It will mess you up. Okay, Chris, you've got two minutes to cross-examine John. Hello, John. Hey, Chris. John, you mentioned a moment ago that 
bad corporate actors will be punished. But I think it's important to note that those bad corporate actors, many of which are some of the largest corporations on planet Earth, were not actually doing anything wrong at the time that they did it. And the only reason they are now considered to be bad corporate actors is because the laws have changed around their actions. For instance, pollution laws have changed significantly. One might say that social good initiatives have been responsible for turning them into bad corporate actors. I'm wondering how you respond to that. Um, I disagree with that. I think that, you know, if if government regulations are not doing the job that they should do, if government isn't policing the, you know, industry, that's a governmental problem. It's it's very difficult to expect business to take care of the commons. I mean, the government can barely do it, and it's kind of their job. I think my point was that at the time that these bad actors like a GE uh, and other uh, companies that are currently on the Superfund list still – Uh, When they did the things they did, when they buried that waste, when they polluted that stream, that wasn't actually against the law. Well, then that's a failure of the law. I mean, then the law hasn't addressed what bad things could be done. I mean, if murder is not illegal, I mean, I think we'd still agree that Mm -hmm. murder is kind of a bad thing and you shouldn't do it. Um, But if you're a company, you you need to be incentivized against doing the bad thing. If there are not laws in place that protect the people, you know, that's a failure of government. You can't put that on business. Well, one would argue that there's been a shift in general to a realization that protections need to be put into place and that a social imperative is actually part and parcel of the social contract that a company signs when it goes into business, which is that I will not shit where I eat. Um, well, I, I think we can broadly agree that shitting where you eat is a bad idea. But w- where where are we seeing that? I mean, like we're essentially talking about a small subset of companies that, and this is important, generally cater to uh, a higher end demographic. I mean, Ben and Jerry's was not cheap ice cream. Whole Foods is not cheap groceries. Tom's are, you know, n- not necessarily cheap shoes. You know, this is a luxury. This is essentially a luxury idea. If you are running a business that's in a competitive field, that that's commodity or, uh, you know, there's just a lot of competition, you, you can't afford to do this. You are hurting yourself and you're hurting your workers and you're hurting your stakeholders. John, you have two minutes to cross-examine Chris. Hi, Chris. Hello, John. Um, you know, you've mentioned that there's kind of a growing trend um, towards companies like this, but um, I would like to question, like, what are these companies and how successful are they really? I mean, like like Tom's, as I, as I mentioned, you know, they, they hit a major speed bump. They're not really out of it yet. Let's, let's be clear that the resolution uh, is that companies should strive to promote social good, not necessarily get into a one-to-one model. And I, so I'm my, not talking about a one-to-one model. I'm talking about, you know, baking this in, uh, baking social good into the... Uh, right. And as I pointed out, I think increasingly the idea of, social, of, of promoting social good is not antithetical to a shareholder max value maximization idea. For instance, there are plenty of things that are now, through lots of social research, emerging as things that companies can do that are both socially good, socially conscious, and maximize shareholder value. No longer is it an either-or proposition. Uh, So we're not just talking about companies that have like a grand social vision baked in, which I'm even on the fence about. I think that the worst possible people in the world to decide what a social mission should be are entrepreneurs, to be perfectly honest with you. But they can also decide within themselves and within their company to operate in a way that is not detrimental to the social fabric in which they have to operate and which they uh, rely on to generate value in the first place. What strikes me, though, is that the data doesn't really um, back that up. I thought Ben & Jerry's, I've always assumed they were an enormously successful ice cream company. Um, Between 1993 and 1999, which was a boom time for stock, their stock halved. 
One of the reasons they sold to Unilever. I'm sorry, what were those years again? 1993 to 1999. What was going on during that period of time in uh, the food sector? In the food sector, many things were going on, and there was also a, a general, very large rise in the, in the stock market because it was the Clinton, you know, kind of era productivity boom. The point is that you know they were a company that struck me as selling a lot of ice cream, doing really well. Guess what? It didn't really work out that well, and they sold to Unilever. Is that? And that is it worked really out really outcome. well for the stakeholders. It worked out reasonably well for the stakeholders, but they could not. That tells me that this is not a slam dunk. That number one, you'll be successful judging from the stock price, and number two, that it's even the way to um, succeed long term, which is exactly what I just said before. And now I'm repeating myself. Time for closing statements. Chris, you go first. One minute. Thanks, Jim. As I've been saying in the course of this debate. We are no longer in a scenario where companies have to choose one path or the other. There is a middle ground. The resolution here is businesses should strive to promote social good. And I do believe that increasingly companies are deciding that in order to maximize profits, this actually is a good business strategy to promote the social good. That doesn't mean they have to give product away. It doesn't mean they have to pay every one of their company employees $70,000. But what it does mean is that the social good needs to be a factor they consider when making business decisions. And increasingly, making the socially conscious decision is actually resulting in a maximization of profits. John? Uh, to quote a really um, not particularly good song by The Pretenders, the middle of the road is really no place at all. Um, you know, Chris says a lot of things which um, I kind of emotionally agree with. The problem is I don't think the data really backs it up. I don't see a great deal of business formation going on around this idea. But more to the point, I'm not seeing that it really succeeds. I would actually argue that now more than ever, social good is a bad idea. There is more competition than ever in anything. And it is something to do that actually complicates your mission. Your mission is to make products, sell it, be sustaining business, take care of your workers, take care of the shareholders. Honestly, almost anything else is a distraction. The places where I see a possible exception are things that sell to, you know, essentially luxury markets. Um, this is a nice thing to have. You know, a social good is a lovely thing to have in a company. I, I spend a lot of uh, money at such social good companies myself. I don't think it's a big solution. Um, I would not want to um, extrapolate from my own ridiculously elite tastes. This is a luxury idea. It is not a mass idea. It is not an idea that will make the majority of businesses succeed, and that's what we need to con- uh, concern ourselves with. Uh, thank you both. Listeners, who do you think won? Send us an email to uncensored at uncensoredatinc.com. Uh, and I should close by saying that the opinions and views expressed in this debate do not necessarily reflect those of Inc. or of Salesforce or even the people who made the arguments themselves. But we meant them when we said them. Yes. Thank you, debaters. One thing every small business can agree on is that growth is a top priority. The best way to help your small business grow is with Salesforce, the world's number one CRM company. Visit salesforce.com smallbiz to put Salesforce to work for you. 